Blog Talk Radio. I'm going to a city that's set on a hill. Its ruler and maker is the Lord God above. Oh, I'm going to a city and it's set on a hill. And someday I'll be in heaven and there'll be no sorrow there. Oh, I'm going to a city it lies four square. The gates are made of jasper and I'll see Jesus there. I'm going to a city. On a hill. Hello, everybody. God bless you today. This is Susan Puzio, and I want to welcome you to the Prophetic News Radio broadcast on Blog Talk Radio. And today our subject is going to be Jehovah Witnesses, Fact or Fiction, or Jehovah Witnesses in a Cult. Are they brainwashed? Uh, We're going to find out today some interesting information about Jehovah Witnesses and how to witness to a Jehovah Witness. And my guest today is going to be Brenda Johnson. So please stay tuned for that. We'll also be replaying this program on Monday at 2 p.m. on the Prophecy Zone Network on Blog Talk Radio. That's 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, Also on Monday uh, at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time from 12 to 2, I uh, will be with TJ on Church Folk Revolution uh, talking about Mike Murdoch, the false gospel, the false Faith Gospel of Mike Murdoch. We're going to be uh, discussing that and calling on Mike Murdoch to repent and turn from his wicked ways and get saved and quit trying to scam people out of uh, $58 blessings, $1,000 blessings. Uh, You can't pay God. You don't have to pay God to get him to bless you. All you have to do is ask. It's free gift. So you can't bribe God with money so he, he'll he do things for you. It's just not the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Also, I want to uh, direct you to the YouTube channel, which is Jonah, T for Tom 48. And I just posted two new uh, videos there. And the uh, website is propheticnews.com. There's many wonderful articles there for you to help you grow in the grace and knowledge of our blessed Lord Jesus Christ. So uh, also the chat room is open and I will be checking it. It is a uh, live call-in show too. If you'd like to call in and ask a question of either myself or Brenda, it's 914-338-1638. And I'm going to bring my guest on the air right now. Have my guest Brenda Johnson. Hi, Brenda. Hi. How are you today? Good. How are you Good. doing over there in uh, Missouri? We're a little bit wet over here. It's sunny right now. Uh, we're predicted to get more rain, but we had a lot of rain yesterday. But it's beautiful now. Have the windows open and sitting there looking outside, so it's great. 
So. Yeah, did you have any flooding in your area? We had flood warnings yesterday, but I don't think it rained and flooded as nearly as as much as they predicted it would. So I said it was, yeah, I was thought it was going to continue to rain throughout the weekend. I, um, the sunshine and this nice day is actually a little bit unexpected. So, yeah, we'll praise the Lord great. for that. We praise the Lord for that. But uh, I had noticed when I was reading uh, your biography that you yourself held Bible studies for Jehovah Witnesses. I held them with Jehovah's Witnesses. I am one that I can't resist when somebody comes to my door and asks me to show them the truth of, or you know, to have a Bible study about the scriptures. And for eight years, I've actually allowed them to come in my house, and we have had a Bible study. They were unaware that I was not going to convert to their uh, philosophy or, or their 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 religion, but. Um, I felt that I was the only a word that they could study uh, because they're not allowed to study other people in other books and things like that. Um, so I felt that I was uh, given the opportunity to uh, show challenge them in the scriptures in a way that they would not otherwise have. Yeah, that's a pretty bold move. Tell me though, how um, how do you witness to a Jehovah Witness? Well, you know, I do have to say that I appreciate um, their forbearance. They actually um, are a good example of what it means to endure and to spend time to um, explain their doctrine. So, with somebody who wants to witness to a Jehovah's Witness, it it takes time because as much time as they take to introduce you to their doctrine and to demolish actually your doctrine, um, it will take at least the same to do so. Um, there's a couple things that that they use against Christians that we could stop doing, and that would be uh, when they come to the door to just slam the door in their face. They use that as a uh, way of saying that they are being persecuted uh, for God's sake, and that that only uh, gets them a little bit more bold. So <clears throat> um, I noticed that when I ask them to stop coming, they completely ignore me, and, and they still come. Yes, they do. They're they're quite determined, and and if you take one of their uh, pieces of literature, they'll come again. They're they're very good with uh, follow up, and um, they will come back because what they have to do, and this is why they they will come back, is they have to go back to their congregation and uh, put in all the places that they have uh, visited in a log, and then they will. Um, check those ones that actually took literature and those ones that said maybe I'll have a Bible study and those ones that maybe said that uh, I have a couple questions and I'd like to talk to you further. They will not pretty much on your first encounter with them, they'll just stand a little bit at your door and then they'll they'll come, you know, we don't want to take up much of your time. And then they'll come back again, especially if you stand there and talk to them. So if you don't want to talk to them, 
just say that, you know, um, I appreciate you coming to my – well, maybe not say that because I don't know if people appreciate it. No, I don't really appreciate it, but what I'm saying is, no, I have actually uh, asked them not to come back, and I even called the headquarters in our area, and I asked them to please not come back to my house. I wasn't interested, but yet they well, continue just, just, to come back. So I'm just wondering, I mean, do you know why they do that? Um, I am not sure why they they do that, but I could tell you how you can make them not come back. Is is yeah. uh, tell tell them that Joseph Russell, Taz Russell was a sexual offender, and they will be so offended by what you said they will not come back. Now, is that true? That is was is it Charles Russell that yes. was the founder of Russell. Jehovah Witnesses? Correct. Yes. Now, and was he a true. sexual is, offender? Yes. And he, he, he. of course, back then they didn't really, you know, uh, charge people like they do today. But, yes, in his history, he has a lot of, just like, you know, Joseph Smith and for the Mormons and uh, uh, the prophet Muhammad in Islam, there's a lot of uh, dirt you can find on the actual prophet so if you don't want them to come to your door, all you have to do is insult their founder. So I'm, I'm just giving you a shortcut if you don't want them to come to your door. <laughs> <laughs> I have a friend in Florida, and she she is she is like me, where we can confront a lot of false doctrines, and and boy, she knows how to get rid of Jehovah's Witnesses quite quickly. So. I don't know if I would have her with me um, if I wanted a Bible study, but, yeah. <laughs> well, I haven't in uh, 10 years, I haven't been able to get rid of them. I've tried everything, so I'll have to, next just, time they yeah, come out. <laughs> yeah, just, uh, just look up Joseph uh, Charles Russell and find out what his life was like and then uh, do that because they're not interested in being confronted with things that they cannot uh, regurgitate to you, and yeah, especially if it's, yeah, um, because they when you uh, whenever you quote a, a scripture or something like that, they always come back with something. So sure, uh, they, they, yeah, you know why they come back. <clears throat> and if if anybody who wants to uh, evangelize a Jehovah's Witness, it's their reasoning from the scriptures book. See if you can get them to give you one of those. Uh, because to me, it's their manual to how they evangelize and what their answers they, they give back, and how to answer this question and how to answer that question. So yes, they have it. They have developed. What is the name of that book? Every, Reasoning from the scriptures. Reasoning Just from a, the scriptures. And every one of them will probably have one on them because uh, this is their evangelistic manual for any Jehovah's Witness who doesn't know how to answer a question, or if one comes up and they forgot, this is their book that tells them how to answer that question, and then they'll show it to you as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's a small so little tiny book. they actually go through a training class before they go out? Because they come once a year at least to all the houses in the city. They do. They are uh, – they sometimes put the church to shame in how they train their people. They have a theocratic school um, that they – any Jehovah's Witness who is a member or who is an active uh, 
you know, participator will go through these theocratic schools, which is once a week. And they actually, and I've been to them, I've been to a couple of them in Florida when I was um, living there. Uh, I befriended, and this is what I do, I befriend them. I I actually love these people because they are the, probably the nicest people, unless you get on their <laughs> – Unless you really make them mad, then they yeah. might not be so nice. But and I've done I've done my share, but still I know how to win them back over, even when I'm hard yeah. with them. Um, but I've befriended them and I've gone to their theocratic school, and it's um, I, it might be different in different places at different uh, congregations. Uh, the Kingdom Hall is what their their uh, their halls are called. Their congregations. They don't say church because, of course, they want to get away from the word church because they don't want to associate themselves with the church. Yeah. So um, they call themselves the con- a congregation. But anyway, it's uh, they will uh, show you how to go door to door. They will have you go up and do mock presentations. And two people will come up and will um, uh, sit at a table uh, of course, uh, some of the guys get to go up on the stage because the women don't, but they will sit at the table, and one will be a, a person they're talking to, and one will be the witness, to, you know, the witness, and they will ask hard questions, and the witness will have to will practice answering what those hard questions are. They, so they really train their people in what to do. So that's why when they come to your door, they kind of know what to say. They really, most of them, um, like like the challenge. Yeah, but they most seem of, to be in, yeah, invigorated by it, especially if you ask them not to come back. It just makes their day. Oh, I'm so, we're sorry. We'll ju- we'll, we won't be back. I, I told one of them one day, I said, well, why would anybody be interested in ha- in listening to what you have to say if if you disrespect someone when they ask you not to come and you just keep coming? And uh, so I thought maybe that might you know, if she thought about it, maybe she wouldn't come back again. But what do Jehovah uh, Jehovah's Witnesses believe about Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ is actually a created being. He was not. He's not uh, part of the Trinity. They believe the Trinity is actually a pagan uh, belief and is an insult to Jehovah. So Jesus cannot be God, and he is not God. Who he is in his pre-carnate state is Michael the Archangel, and he was given the job to come down to earth and become, become, now listen, become the Messiah. So, And he became the Messiah on the baptism by John the Baptist. Well, how did, so, how did they uh, figure that one out, that he became the Messiah if he was the Archangel Michael? How did, well, the get, how did they believe that he got his powers to become a messiah? Uh on the on the baptism of the of the, uh, in water and then the holy spirit came in the form of the a dove and that is when he got power to uh, uh that no other human being has gotten is at that particular moment where he became more than just like almost like a realization. Uh, Michael the Archangel is one of the highest angels in heaven, so uh, he's been given great power, and they call him, uh, like it says in Daniel, 
the prince of Israel and the prince and the power, you know, prince that was able to confront the principalities and powers of the air. Yeah. So, um, and they use Daniel a lot. They use Revelation a lot. They use the prophet Isaiah a lot. Um, yeah, to formulate their particular, they're very, very um, eschatological. They like yeah. in times. Yeah. I can't say that word. I can yeah. say eschatology, now, but not the other one. <laughs> yeah, eschatology. Uh, now, um, do they believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross? And that he he died, he was buried and resurrected. They do not believe he was crucified on a cross with a, a cross beam. They believe he he was crucified on a stake. I had oh. asked my, my yes. They believe it was a stake and that his arms were straight up and that that one nail oh. uh, was in his arms and and. I had to, I was real puzzled by this one because I didn't understand the strategy of Satan and why would he want why would they make a big deal about the cross the cross beam? Yeah. That's because that is such a symbol of yeah. our our yeah our salvation. Yeah. And so they can be easily debunked. In that is because when when Thomas says, "Show me the nails that were in your hand hand." Yeah. The nail, nail, you know, it's it's plural, that right. the nails in his hands. That means that he either had two nails when his hands were straight up, or, or that there's something wrong with their picture there. They believe he died, and he was buried, but he, they do not believe in the physical resurrection or the bodily resurrection of Jesus. Yeah, they believe he resurrected in spirit. He had a spiritual body, and that they go out of their way to prove or try to prove uh, that he did not uh, raise in a physical body by using the very arguments that we use to prove that he did. <laughs> he use it. They use. <laughs> yeah, they say. Well, that's because why Mary couldn't recognize him is because he wasn't in the same body. Why the 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 ones on the road to Emmaus couldn't recognize him is because he didn't have the same body. The reason why why uh, the other disciples couldn't recognize him is because he was in a different body. He was in a spiritual body. Those they use as proof that. Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And we yeah. And so, if you want to prove that Jesus wrote, you know. Rising in a physical body is a very important thing, and if, as a Christian, you don't that particular event, you need to really, really get astute on why it was important that he had to rise in a physical body. That that very body that he died on the cross had to be resurrected in order for us. And how I witnessed to that is I said, well, you know what? None of you are going to be able to be raised from the dead because it said that Jesus was the first fruits, meaning he was the first one that rose from the dead in the physical body. So why do you think that you can be raised in a physical body when he hasn't yet? And yes. he never will. Yeah. And only 
And that was this pretty much their whole doctrine, uh, you know, 144,000 only get raised as Jesus was raised, and the rest have paradise on earth. So they have to be raised in their body, and they and if he didn't get raised in their body, then it's only the 144,000 that are going to be saved in the end, period. It so, sounds very confusing. Uh, I mean, they must be in a constant state of confusion, these people. Because it all sounds very confusing. How? Uh, why do they come to your door? Is it a works religion? Um, and what about the hundred and forty-four thousand? What does that mean? Well, they would deny that it's a works religion. Um, they would. They say that it is uh, an obligation to. Um, being a Jehovah's Witness, I always thought that that was a good argument until they pretty much deny. I've I've, I've witnessed to over 35 of them, and they all say the same thing, that they believe it's not. So that's not a really good argument, because then why do they come to your door? Well, they are told that they, like we are, told that they have the best message that they could possibly do, and it, that it's an obligation to Jehovah to uh, share with as many people as possible. This part is only one little section of, I believe, their works. The uh, their works that they have to do. They would. That's why they can deny this part is because it's only one aspect of what they have to do in order to get. Uh, to be one of the ones that are resurrected. There's a lot they have to do in order to earn their salvation. And then, get this, when they rise from the dead, when Jesus rises them, raises them from, or not Jesus, of course, Jesus didn't raise them from the dead. When God, Jehovah, raises them from the dead, they are raised in perfect. Oh. They have raised in sin. Oh. And I said to them, I said, okay, you've brought me good news, and I've asked you what kind of good news that you have better than what I already have. And they say, oh, you know, when they tell me their message, I said, well, that's not good news to me because if I get raised, I don't want to, I don't want to have sin. Yeah, I'm not really. afraid of the robber that comes to my door because they said, wouldn't you like to live in a world where there's no robbers? You lock your door and you don't have to worry about crime and you don't yeah, have to well, worry about murder. Well, if you're raised for sin, then uh, I don't think so. I think you're. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, I said well, I'm not afraid of my, the, my somebody who would come to my door. I'm afraid of my friend who will betray me and hurt me because of the sin in their life. I'm afraid of myself who will, you know, who I'll have to live with myself. And then I joke with them. I say, well, so, you know, if I'm raised from the dead, can I start off where I left off on earth? Because I really don't want to start over, you know? Yeah, really. It sounds like kind of an Eastern religion thing where you have to come back again and and, uh, you're reincarnated. But what what... What do they actually believe? What is how how can they be one of the hundred and forty four thousand? And then why would they even want to be long to uh, a group where they they're not guaranteed any kind of salvation? Oh, but but you know, of all every single Jehovah's Witness I spoke to, they do not want to be one of the hundred and forty four thousand. 
They are they they want the earthly life because the earthly life is familiar. They want to be resurrected and live on this earth forever in eternity. The hundred and forty four thousand are those that are uh uh picked specially to be resurrected as a spiritual creature. They won't have a body and they won't have have uh you know uh a special plan on earth like we all know and we hope we would never die so none of them want it they don't want to be and i said well don't you want to be with jehovah in his presence no they don't want i said well i'd rather be with jehovah than be on earth that sounds totally confusing i mean it just sounds like these people are just totally confused why would they want to serve a God that wouldn't guarantee them salvation, eternal life, a home in heaven, forgiveness of sins? Well, that doesn't make any sense. We do have another caller on the line. Let's see what they have to say. Oh. Hello? Hello? How are Hello? you? Yes, do you have a question? Yeah, well, I've just been listening about your Jehovah Witness thing because... My friend was a Jehovah's Witness for 25 years, but she's not uh-huh. now. I'm really pleased she isn't now, uh, knowing what I know about Jehovah. Uh, I know Jehovah, Jehovah is a malevolent Holy Spirit. He's not a benevolent one. So that when Well, we have to disagree with you. Uh, no, no, I don't. Anyway, look, um, don't Brenda, disagree. would you like to discuss this with the uh, caller? But you're off the mark about that. Would you like to tell him I'm sorry, go ahead. His I'm not comment sure about saying. Jehovah not being a malevolent Holy Spirit? Well, he's not even a Holy Spirit. I mean, he's a yeah, right. he's a being. <laughs> he is You're not right. the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is is, you know, part of the Trinity, but he is I mean, ultimately, yes, he is a Holy Spirit. He is ben- he is benevolent. But he is also, he's he's a god of love and he's a god of justice and they go, go together. Um, you can't have God's love without His justice, and um, that is actually something that Jehovah's Witnesses believe. You can't have God's love without just, just justice. They they don't believe that God is a, a God that will not annihilate you. They believe that He will um, He will judge, and they they are um, pacifists. They won't go to oh. war, but God will. Oh, also, they don't believe in blood transfusions. Is that correct? Correct. Now, and what that, is the they, reasoning behind that? The reasoning behind that is because life is in the blood, and they believe that blood is, um, uh, they believe it's a, in, in the same vein of, <laughs> no pun intended, uh, of uh, <laughs> drinking blood. Or consuming oh. blood oh, is a I command see. not to do so, oh. and so they they see it as the same category. Uh, we haven't really gotten into discussions about transfusions um, yeah. because it, ha- it My goal in speaking to them is is to share the gospel with them, and the transfusion blood transfusions is actually a side thing that most of them have never even brought up. None of them have brought up to me, so oh, it's not a very important thing on it's their radar. Yeah. But it's re- report. It's important when it comes to it, you know, to that situation. But um, 
I've really not had a real detailed conversation with any of them about blood transfusions. Yeah. So, and that's, that's to me minor compared to what they believe about God and salvation and death. So, uh, and, now tell me, have you ever been able to actually win a Jehovah Witness to Jesus Christ? No, not one of them have, have I won, but I have, um, they're very, very hard to win to the gospel. Um, I believe the word of God doesn't return void. And, right. And so I don't believe that uh, um, that in any of the time that I've had with them has been a waste. There is a woman who has been was in the Jehovah's Witness um, organization for 40 years, and she told me that in 40 years of being in the Jehovah's Witness organization, uh, she has not had anyone who has made her study whether inside of Jehovah's Witness or outside as much as I have made her study. And if I can make them study on their own and find out the truth on right. their own and get off their get off of their normal arguments <laughs> then I think I've done something. And what I want to do too is I want to paint a totally different picture in their head. First I want to ruin what they've got already and for anyone who wants to have a quick discussion with them, if you can, if they have a book on, they have this one uh, uh, watchtower that has a beautiful picture on it of paradise, and and it says you can live forever in paradise. And on that picture, they have you know all different kinds of people on it. And I take that that particular. Uh, uh, well, you could do it with any of their nice pictures that they show you. Yeah, the graphics uh, say, well, what? are nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, said, I said, I would say, what is wrong with this picture? Because the people in it, you know, there's something wrong with it. They're yeah, perfect. they look funny. The people, though, in the pictures, they look funny, like they're hypnotized or something. They don't look well, real. <laughs> I have never got them to figure out why. And so I always have to tell them, I said, what is wrong with this picture? And they were like, there's nothing wrong with their picture because that's the picture that they have in their mind of what paradise is going to be. And so my whole goal is to try to make them feel more uncomfortable with what they believe. I said, well, you know what? If they're truly perfect, before Adam and Eve sinned, they were naked. And these yeah. people on this picture, is not, they're not naked. They're, they have clothes on. So, so when you have eternity, are, are you guys all going to be wearing clothes? And they say, well, and I say, Is, aren't, isn't anybody, everybody going to be naked? And they don't like that thought because that throws off their, it throws off their, um, their thought of paradise. And say, so we're going to walk around naked. And they said, well, not necessarily. I said, well, okay. So does, does the people that have less clothes on, are they more perfect? Because what they do is they say, well, not, you're not going to be perfect right away. You're going to have to work towards being perfect in a thousand years. A thousand years, you have another try at it. Woohoo! Uh, that's why. So they they believe that uh, they believe that they die and that they're put in the ground, and then they believe that they're going to be raised up. And then who raises them up? Jehovah. Oh no! no they, they, but they believe no, in, in right. God, the Father, but uh, but uh, they don't believe in Jesus Christ or the Holy Spirit. They believe in Jesus, but they don't. They don't. They believe that the Holy Spirit is a force, is God's 
God's uh, inact or active force, not inactive, but active force. He's, it's just a force that has no personality. It has no um, feelings. It's just his force going through the world um, doing his active work. Uh, that's what the Holy Spirit is, which is kind of interesting because they go out of their way to prove how Satan is a personality and a person and not just a force. But yeah. at the same time, they insult Jesus by saying he's not who he says he is, and the Holy Spirit, who says, uh, who they say is not a person. So, you know, I was like, okay, I think you're on the wrong side. You're yeah. you're going out of your way to to prove Satan is a personality and not a force, but yet at the same time, you want to do the opposite. Well, it sounds like a typical cult because most of most of the cult or anybody that's involved in a cult, they they hate Jesus Christ. They hate uh, the thought of God's Son coming to earth and dying, being resurrected, and uh, living in heaven. He ever he lives and sitting next to the Father. And he's he's making intercession for us. So, uh, and he is God. Always was God. But the thought, you notice that most of the cults, that's what they do, is they don't recognize Jesus Christ for who he is. And uh, they always try to uh, downplay who he was. And, and, and as you can see, they give more credit to the devil than they do to Jesus Christ. Uh, they believe in a devil? Yes, definitely. And they believe the church. Oh, You know, if you've ever read any of their uh, magazines... Their antagonistic attitude towards the body of Christ or the church, the current church and, and the old, the historical church, you can read that they just really dislike Christians. And um, when you go to their congregation, which I have been to, I was so shocked to see that their hatred for Christians are even more displayed at their congregation they spend a lot of time attacking you who you come to their door. You know, they come to your door, but they spend a lot of time attacking you in their congregations. So how, so you how are do the, they attack Christians? They attack Christians for their, that they, they believe that Christians are, uh, how do I want to say this? Um, the beast of revelation they believe oh. that we are the 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 um harlot the, the 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 base of all um uh world religions and we are the the reason why that they attack us as one of one of Satan's chief uh, deliverers of false teaching is because um uh, we should know better, and uh, but you know they hate the Jews as well. So they hate us and they hate the Jews. This so why is do they common, hate the Jews? Well, the Jews uh, rejected the gospel, the Jesus, and the Jews were um, the ones that crucified the Michael the Archangel. <laughs> They don't say that. They don't say Michael the Archangel, but it was, you know, Jesus. 
So sometimes <laughs> the uh, son of God always like to yeah. say, so we crucified Michael the Archangel. Oh, no, no, he wasn't Michael the Archangel then. Well, okay, so he wasn't then. He's come and then when he gets into his physical, his spiritual body, he becomes Michael the Archangel again. <laughs> it's like, what? Wow. Uh, yeah, that sounds totally confusing. That's, that's, but they, it's, but it's when they present totally the message, confusing. well, I want to tell your listeners, though, because when they present their message, it's not confusing. They know what they believe, and they know why they believe it, because they believe that we're in the last days and that they they are on a mission to bring uh, the, you know, the kingdom of God here on earth which is, you know, the same as the emergent church and a lot of these other yeah. things that, you, you know. But the same thread is through every cult in every right. world but religion. But uh, also, uh, didn't they uh, predict to the Watchtower Society, haven't they predict, predicted many times the end of the world and it never came to pass? So then how do they rationalize that? Well, they have actually, because I've just uh, ended uh, speaking with Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, a year ago, well, maybe it was a year ago, yeah, um, again, and before I ended it, they actually brought me a new DVD that they have produced in order to defend themselves of all these false prophecies. I didn't even bring it up because that's the other thing that you can send a Jehovah's Witness away by saying all these false prophets, that you are a false prophet because in Deuteronomy, and say the false prophet, if he does not, if what he says does not come true, then you are considered a false prophet. So the Jehovah's Witnesses and the Watchtower is a false prophet, and is not the not the uh, the uh, what do you call it? they call it the um, the one who teaches. They, they, it's the mouthpiece of God because of all these false prophecies. And they have one, two, three, four. They have uh, about 15 false prophet prophecies. Yeah. But they have, actually, they have even more than that. I have a page here that from the from 1897 through um, 1975 was their pretty much their uh, period of false prophets. Prophecies. They claimed that the end of the world was going to come, didn't they? Yep. That yeah, they used World War One. They thought that was the time. Uh, They're not the only ones at fault, though, because a lot of Christian churches like today. I'm not raptured, so I'm wondering. Yeah, well, so-called. Am I left behind? I wouldn't actually call them Christian churches when, uh, because Jesus Christ said you wouldn't know the day or the hour, so. uh, I don't. I don't know yeah, how anyone well, can know sure, it. Jesus sure. himself said you weren't going to know it. So uh, that's hard. Yeah, Harold Camping today. You know, I was like, gee, I think we need to wonder whether or not we're uh, left behind and we're going to go oh, through the tribulation. Okay. <laughs> I, I guess he probably needed uh, some attention, or he was trying to do some fundraising or something. But uh, these, there's so many false things going on, and. Uh, it just seems like it's getting worse. But uh, tell me a little bit more about the doctrine uh, of the Jehovah Witnesses. Okay. The, let's see, I have a page. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, Jesus returned visibly in 1914. 
he because of their false prophecies they actually uh the big one that they prophesy about is the year 1914 and then 1975 it should have been the start of the millennium but um 1914 uh charles russell predicted that the that jesus would come again Charles Russell, Taz Russell, lived between 1884 and 1916, and he is the founder. And he, oh, there was a big campaign about it, just like today's campaign on Harold Camping's uh, rapture today. Um, And to solidify the founder, he actually said instead that he did come, but he came invisibly and only for the Jehovah's Witnesses. Oh. It's one way that yes, that's one way that they feel special that they <laughs> actually have something that nobody else has. Oh, uh, yes. The other thing they believe is is annihilation that you, when you die. So they don't really believe in resurrection, even though they say it because they can't believe in resurrection. They I call it recreation because they can't resurrect something that doesn't exist anymore. Um, so they believe when you die that uh, hell is the grave, that you do not live when you die. You do not have a con- conscious existence when you die. Um, they, oh, so I when, see. yeah. So when you're resurrect or resurrected in their eyes, you are actually remembered by God, and you are recreated. Why well, they won't say that? They'll say you're resurrected in His. He'll remember you. Otherwise, he won't remember you. <laughs> you just, as I'm so, you know, if I'm wrong and you're right, um, I don't think I'm going to worry too much because I'm not going to remember anything. You know, I'm going to die and then I'm not going to remember anything. Yeah. So, but they, <laughs> they believe Adam has no chance of resurrection because he was perfect and he chose to disobey God, and so he has no chance. Yeah. Well, like, do they him. believe in sin? Definitely they do believe in sin, yes. They do believe in sin. Um, uh, how do they... They believe differently about the, the atonement. Um, the reason... One of the reasons they believe that Jesus is not God is because they have they believe that you have to exchange one thing for another. In other words, if he was God, then how can he exchange, how can it be a true sacrifice? Because he is, you have to give up your body in order to appease God. So we had to die. And so for us to get our bodies back, Jesus had to give up his. So he cannot be raised in a physical body because... Um, <laughs> that is actually probably the most confusing part of their whole entire doctrine, even when they try to explain it, because most of the them probably thing, don't quite understand the it. The whole thing sounds confusing. <laughs> well, no. I mean, you have they, to really spend some time. Like, your mind has to be so messed up, and you're going around in circles. I mean, they must live in a constant state of apprehension. But I don't want people who are listening to this to have a false impression because the show, uh, on, on trying to say it all in a short period of time, what they believe, they yeah. don't present themselves that way. They present themselves as though they they know what they're talking about. And so they sound logical. They sound like, wow, well, that kind of could fit. 
you know, so they make sense of it. They make sense of it all, but they take six months to tell you. You see? Oh, I because see. So they, that's how long they, they, they have to uh, try to convert you? And they take, Correct. like you saying, they take six months to uh, tell you everything they believe? Yeah, and longer if you're like me. Um, <laughs> if you're like me, I make them go for a lot longer, for yeah. years. Uh, they they bring with them, a lot of times they'll bring their, of course, their uh, material. But one of the things is that if you do decide to have a Bible study for them, and I'm not advertising them, but I'm just saying if they, if they you do, they'll bring this book called What Does the Bible Really Teach? Huh. And what they'll yeah. do is they'll go step by step through this, and what it does first, it first brings doubt to what you already believe. It tells you, well, you know what, you were taught this way, but that's not the truth. This yeah. is, and then they'll place it with what they believe. And so first they'll they'll spend a good amount of time destroying your do- your your beliefs. As a Christian, so if you're a young Christian, I do not advise that at all. Oh, I don't. Um, I, I don't. Unless you're like me and that you think challenge is going to, you know, inspire your faith and grow your faith, because I, I don't. I'm not afraid of challenge. I actually yeah. grow stronger with the friction. Kind of like a, you, you can understand this being in Florida when when a hurricane comes or a, a storm comes, the palm tree. It its roots go deeper with the wind, the friction of the wind. So uh, sometimes the smaller ones and the smaller storm, hurricanes and storms will come first, and they will actually build their root system of those palm trees. That's why you never see them hardly fall over, because uh, I've seen them bent over. We had one storm yeah. blow through here. You you lived in Florida. Uh, they were bent over. That was amazing. They were just bent bent right over. Anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. I have a someone in the chat room that's saying that they don't use the Bible. Ask them to explain from the Bible the verses they, they are using. They do use the Bible, and they they do use the Bible. That's they do. They will use Which your version. Bible. Do they use? They use, of course, the uh, the Kingdom in a lin- Well, they'll use the New World Translation of the Holy Scriptures, which they have actually changed some ma- main things in it. But if you can get a hold of their Greek linear translation, the Greek actually agrees with your version, not theirs. And it's in black and white. You can find it right there. But they will use. They've gotten good at using your Bible to show you what they believe. So that is actually not the truth. They actually. Believe in the authority of the scriptures, so they're easier to evangelize in that sense than a Mormon is. A Mormon doesn't care about the scriptures; they don't think it's an authority. They think that the Book of Mormon is. Book so of Mormon Jehovah's, is, yeah. the Jehovah's Witnesses, if you can use your Bible to prove to them that it's inaccurate, um, then yeah, then. Uh, you can witness to them. Of course, they will have an answer probably to most of your arguments. So to really uh, come back with them for some good argument, you have to really know what you believe. Yeah, uh, you have to, to really be able- know what you believe. What about yeah. uh, being born again? Do they believe that? They, they don't know. You know what? This amazing. Um, they don't understand that concept at all. 
They don't even yeah. know anything about being born again. So it's like foreign language when you tell them, which is really, really sad. Yeah. Because, and they believe, okay, they believe that most of the New Testament was written for only the 144,000. Very, very sad. They see themselves as bystanders and observers of the of the promises written in the New Testament, but it's mostly not written for them. Um, and it's really sad because they they are perfectly okay with that. When you go to their their um, their biggest celebration of the year, which is around Easter, and that is like our Good Friday, they pass around the bread and a cup, and everyone touches it, but nobody can drink of it or eat of it because you have to be a hundred and one of the hundred and forty four thousand spiritually bought from the earth people to eat of it and drink so of what's the, the sense cup. of passing it around? <laughs> what's the sense of passing it around? Oh. Yeah, it, it, I know. It's Yeah, what is the sense? <laughs> that is a good question. If you would go to one, what is the sense? Oh, we get to, we get to experience and observe yeah, the like, promise what? that we one day will never have. <laughs> they won't ever have those promises other than Living in a perfect world, being able to... Well, they believe then that the earth will eventually be made perfect? Uh, Yes. They do not believe it will be destroyed completely or renewed. And they don't believe in heaven? No. They believe... uh, Well, they believe kind of the 144,000, if you want to talk logistics. Yeah, that's actually where they... They dwell is in heaven, but no, they do not. They believe that, and I know why they are perfectly happy with it because you know it is. It's kind of a daunting thought to think, well, what are we going to be like when we get resurrected? Where will we be? Um, what will we? You know, it will be so different. If you think too much about heaven as a Christian, you think. I mean, I know I do. I'm like, oh, this is so. Um, Strange to me. I don't know if I want to well, keep thinking yeah, about it. Well, yeah, it's hard. To, I, I have to admit that myself. It's hard to think about eternity. Uh, you know, yeah, and what if forever? You know, well, have <laughs> so well, yeah. I enjoy my body, but they want they want to be able to continue in what they're familiar with without sin. Yeah. So yeah, well, I I don't want to continue in what I'm familiar with because I'm certainly going to be uh, looking forward to being in heaven. And uh, leaving this earth behind, uh, so it, it is kind yeah, of sad I, to think that they they think that they're going to stay on the earth forever, and they're not. They're, it's so sad because they're not even, according to their own theology, they're not even going to be. Res- they don't even. Ha- they're not even worthy, or can't even res- be resurrected from the dead, since Jesus never resurrected in the body. So I mean, they, what they're believing is never going to happen, um, yeah. and. And so they so, have no but promise they, of eternal life or the hope of uh, heaven. They have the hope. hope of seeing. What do they have hope they in, sound, though? They have. They sound like you know. They hate the Catholic Church, especially. So it's kind of good to be Catholic because you can understand what they're saying. When they condemn the church, they think everybody is a Catholic. So um, yeah, because they they have a lot of proof from history to attack the Catholic Church. You know. Uh, you know. Obviously. So they associate Christianity with Catholicism. Correct. 
Uh, yes, and they love to attack the Catholic Church. So I actually use the Catholic Church against them, meaning <laughs> I said, one thing that they like to say, they said, this, you know, the Jehovah's Witnesses, we can go anywhere on the face of this planet and, and go to a congregational meeting, and every one of us are studying the exact same thing. We are on the same page. We are studying, you know, uh, so it didn't matter if you're in England or in America or in the Philippines. We're all studying the same thing. And so you can yeah. just go jump to the airplane. And I said, well, you know what? The Catholic Church does that, too. You can go there and pick up their homily yeah. and read it. Uh, and then when like, we were growing up, I know when I was growing up in the Catholic Church, I left when I was 12, but uh, they didn't even speak in English. They spe- spoke in a foreign language. So nobody knew what was going on. We just went there. but. <laughs> Nobody knew what they were saying or what was happening. You can follow along. You're just following along. Oh, dear. Well, yeah, yeah, you can follow along. And and that's like they were pride on the fact that they they all agree. And I said, well, you know, McDonald's sells the same thing in England pretty much. Right. But that doesn't mean it's of God. And that's how they say, you know, we all agree. It says in the scriptures that you'll know them by you know, they're one in spirit and one in unity. It's like that doesn't, you know, I could say that about a lot of secular organizations, but that doesn't mean they're of God, you know. Right. So, you know, I try to try to dissuade a lot of their pride for arguments. Yeah, it and, sounds uh, prideful, yeah. And Pride they are very large. prideful. And I think anyone who feels that they have something that you don't have, cool, you know. And I think as a church, sometimes we do that too. You know, we see people as a, as a, 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 a I say mission field, but because I say that as the truth, but some people just like, I'm going to go knock them out today and I'm going to, you know, it's just more of a number. It's more yeah, of like, you right. know, not going with compassion. Not um, going with compassion. And, I mean, I have to agree with you there. It's, it's kind of like the thing where uh, they, uh, People get all excited because they say, well, they took prayer out of school. And I say, well, like, who's going to stop you from praying? So why don't you go over there and pray? Be so concerned. Like, who's, going to, who's going to stop anybody from praying? Like, give me a break. You can't force anyone to pray. You can't force anyone to believe in Jesus. We don't operate like that. We we, yeah. we want to go with compassion to see a heart change because we know if Jesus Christ can change your heart, he can change your life. And uh, he did it for us. Nobody had to force us to do anything. So uh, it's true. So many in the church are just looking for numbers and uh, how many people did we win to the Lord today. And you don't really know if you're forcing somebody to pray with you, if they really even got saved. Yeah, right. And I believe the Holy Spirit is, you know, who lives in us is amazing. And if we go saying, Lord, make me sensitive to what you want me to say to them, uh, you know, where you know where they are, they are in their lives. You know exactly what you need to say to them. Use me to speak right. to them in such a way. And I've had such an odd conversations to begin with because I was sensitive to certain moves of the Holy Spirit. And I had, you know, I, I could just write a book of all these things that doesn't sound like they really happened, but the way they did. But... um <laughs> <laughs> he, he does the Holy Spirit, and I and I always saw myself as a uh, a planter. And my gifts are apologetics and, yeah. and evangelism and missions, and 
and stuff. And so I, I see, I always thought myself as a, ter- a, a planter because I never really, you know, from, you know, it was rare for me to have somebody just fall on their face right there and give their life to the Lord, which that's what I wanted, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I was, I got to the point where I was so excited when I saw the Holy Spirit move in their yeah, life. Yeah, you actually and, see him moving, yeah. It's wonderful and, because and it's, it's, it's kind of hard to, to even explain it to people uh, that don't, when you say born again, and they can't really understand what you're saying because we know what it is because it happened to us. So we're excited about it. We want to tell other people about it because we know what Jesus did. It, it's so simple. It was so simple. We just asked him to come into our lives, forgive us of our sins. And even at the time when uh, when I got down on my knees, in 1981 and asked Jesus to come into my life and I I just told him to prove himself real to me if he really was who he said he was. And of course the next day I was I was changed. I knew I was changed. It was like the blinders fell off. And sometimes it's something so simple is so hard to um communicate with people. But Jesus Christ really does give you a new life. A most amazing mm-hmm. life, a, a wonderful life, a life with joy and peace that you can't get any way else. There is no other right. way. I mean, probably like, through my life I was going through so many different, tra- checking out so many different religions and, and beliefs and things, and uh, nothing, nothing. Now, I, after I accepted Jesus and I was born again, my search was over. I didn't have to search anymore because I knew I found the truth. So there might be people that are listening today. Maybe you're you're a truth seeker. Maybe you're a person that's seeking the truth and you're looking um, for happiness. You're looking for peace in your life and and you've been disappointed by husbands and children and relatives and and uh, people will always disappoint you. But there is one person who will not disappoint you. He will love you and uh like no other person can love you. And Brenda, would you uh, just share with our listeners now how they can accept Jesus Christ into their life? You can accept Jesus Christ into your life by, I, you know, repenting of your sins. That is the main thing that you need to do is repent. Is is consider all that you've done and lay them before the cross. Repent means to turn uh, the to do a, a turnaround in your behavior. And sometimes you have to walk in repentance in a kind of a behavior that you've had uh, on, for a number of, you know, for a little while uh, to overcome them. But it's a repentance coming to the Lord Jesus Christ and uh, asking him to to receive you, make you brand new, make you a creature. You're not going to be a renewed person. You're going to be a new creation uh, yes. and he will you invite him to come and take your life and do with you uh anything that he desires that is part of making him lord of your life and uh saying that i no longer want to live for myself i cannot live for myself i cannot find within myself or with anything on the earth anything that can make me more pleasing to you than what Jesus has done for me. And Jesus actually took on the very sin that that and punishment that we deserved. He took our sins in his body on the cross 
and he was killed for our transgressions. And we considered him cursed, and he is he is took on what we deserved. And there is no other thing that can save us. There's no other um, acknowledgement, no other thing we can do. And that's part of a lot of the world religions today and cults will teach you that there is something you can do to please God, something that you can do to come to, to, to be acceptable to him, especially in the Jehovah's Witnesses, is that they want to be acceptable to God. And uh, they think that by doing something appropriate by even obeying the law or obeying uh, the scriptures according to what they think they say is uh, being acceptable to God, but you cannot be acceptable to God through any of those means. The only way is through Jesus Christ. He was acceptable to God and he has gained our salvation. And that's why it is a free gift to us is because we didn't have to pay the price that he paid. And, you know, if you meet him, face-to-face, you will see that there is no other one who can do in you what you think you can do for yourself. And so um, just pray and ask him to make himself known to you. Um, And I'm a strong, strong believer in reading the scriptures and knowing not only knowing what it says, because it's easy to know what it says, and I've had drunk people on the street when, I, when I've been evangelizing uh, them tell me more scriptures in my youth, when I was in my youth, and I wasn't really astute with all my, you know, Bible reading. Uh, they told me more scriptures than I even knew, but they were a bum and a drunkard on the street. There was no power in what they yeah. said. You can know the scripture. You can know what it says, and you can be legalistic about what you know. But unless you know who is the one who the one who wrote it, the one right. who said it, the one who uh, has revealed himself in it, then you only have a form of religion, yeah, um, form so, of godliness, but no power thereof. Wow, that's good. Right, that is really true because. Uh, isn't it um, isn't it wonderful how when we gave our lives to Jesus and we opened the Bible how be, how it became real and we looked at it wow this is real this is this is life how the Word of God gave life to us and uh, renewed yeah, us, renewed our like... mind got rid of that old thinking and uh, it, it's really a supernatural event I must say it is a supernatural event because it's not natural. It's a supernatural well, event if, by a supernatural God. Correct. And if you're if you're a Catholic, you're told that you can't understand it. So, and I have even my sisters say, "Well, why should I read something I don't understand?" Well, well, yeah, God you can understand it because understand. you can only understand it when your eyes are open. <laughs> correct. And he will it's open like his that eyes. Song, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. I once was blind, but now I see. Oh, yeah, that was my favorite song after I got saved because I once was blind, but now I see, and I really could. Hallelujah. And and I was told by a professor, and I live to this day with this uh, in college. I've been to, through Bible college. You can be through Bible college and not know anything, but, you know, it's who you know. Um, yeah. But anyway, I had a Bible college professor tell me, he said, know the truth so well that error jumps out at you. And I 
took that and I said, yeah, yeah that, I want to know the truth That's so good. well. That error will – it's just like studying a dollar, you know. Those who are can find a counterfeit dollar is because they've studied not the counterfeit. They've studied the real thing. Right. They know what the real thing looks like. Yeah. And so if you know the scriptures – well, and it's not like you have to be like me where you know how to dissect it or whatever, but know them. Know them and and let God reveal himself to you through them. And then when somebody comes to you at your door or down the street or Harold Camping is, you know, says something like that, you go, wait a minute. That's just not something <laughs> yeah, we I have an answer for you. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it, it, it's the truth because that's how I came. I was a word of faith person in word of faith circles, and and uh, it wasn't until I really just I got one translation of the Bible, and that's why I like to only use one translation. I like the King James, but I took one translation of the Bible, and I just spent time reading it, looking at it, and I wasn't listening to tapes or watching TV programs, and I said, wow, my doctrine does not line up with this word. So who's wrong? It, it can't be the word of God that's wrong. It has to be me. So it's one thing to be able to quote scriptures, but do you really know them? And then uh, if you do know the word of God, you won't be deceived. You really won't. You you have that word hid in your heart, and it, and it keeps you safe. And then we have an answer, too. We have an answer for all men. But I just want to say, Brenda, thank you so much. I think... I think especially this program, and I wanted to do this program today, especially for Jehovah Witnesses or people that had relatives or friends that were involved with Jehovah Witnesses and uh, wanted to reach out to them and uh, hope that some can of them I will suggest, listen. And can I suggest for, for your listeners a couple of books that I've found that are really helpful in understanding their doctrines if they want to spend some extra time uh, you know, if they have somebody they know they want to share the gospel with, um, there's a couple books that uh, are very, very good. And they, they, they have not only the argument or their, their position, they have the argument and how to answer them. And one of them is um, Reasoning from the Scriptures with the Jehovah's Witnesses by Ron Rhodes. And he is extremely oh, yeah, good. Stuff, he, yeah. Ron Rhodes is good. He was, yeah. he was a Jehovah's Witness himself. Oh. Also, Yes, wow. he and he writes he writes a lot of books now on different books. Oh, that's but good. That, that's a good bit of information. Yeah, thank you. The other one is uh, by a person who was one of the these the head head bodies in the head body that he actually uh, wrote the um, Bible dictionary and the Bible encyclopedia of the Jehovah's Witnesses. His name is uh, <clears throat> Raymond Franz. And he was raised in the Jehovah's name, Raymond. F-R-A-N-Z. He was a former member of the governing body, which is the big body that actually writes wow. all the literature. Um, and he and so he became a Christian, in, a real born-again Christian? He became a Christian, and uh, he couldn't help it because everything he was studying made him wonder and question oh. his own beliefs. He had to write these things. He had to write doctrines, and he had to write commentaries on. Wow! On I never heard that went, before. I never heard his name. That's really interesting. That's that's a that's he, a great he wrote, book for anybody. Yeah. It's called it's called Crisis of Conscience, 
the uh-huh. struggle between loyalty to God and loyalty to one's religion. And wow. it tells about it tells his story, and he actually tells you how you can help um, people who are in it. And uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, so we have Ron <clears throat> Rhodes. It's for anyone, mm-hmm. and it's R-H-O-D-E-S, and he was a former Jehovah Witness. And then we have uh, Ray France that... Uh, Raymond, yeah, Raymond France. Raymond France that actually wrote some of these uh, doctrines. He was part, yeah, he was part of the governing body years ago. No, that had to be then in the early 1900s. Was no, it? he was no? current. This book... Uh, oh, so he, he's still alive? Yes, Ray he is France. still alive. As far as I know, yeah, because yeah, this yeah. book was published. Yeah, he's a current uh, governing body. They have they elect more people to their governing body. There's a certain amount oh, of see. people, yeah, uh, that have kind of like the apostles. <laughs> they, yeah, they right. consider them apostles on earth. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's that's yeah, great so. because those those two books or those two authors will really really help the people out there because even though. I mean, we only had an hour. It's kind of hard to go through what they believe because it just sounds so confusing. And uh, well, yes. if you want to take and I wanted time. To also, yeah, I also wanted to, you know, make people who are aware who are kind of on the edge of, you know, they've been um, talking to Jehovah's Witnesses. They've come to their door, and, and they, they sound like really nice people, and they are. They're very, very nice people. Uh, they answer some of your questions that you might not have heard before I want you to know that in the literature that they hand you, the first three articles or uh, topics that they talk about most of the time doesn't sound like there's much wrong with it that is on purpose and that is the deception of the enemy the last two articles are the very are the ones so if you, you, know, if you want to study it and figure out what they're teaching and where they're wrong the la- it was not until the third article, third or fourth article, that they'll um, really throw their doctrine at you. Yeah. Um, they want to get you, get you in. They want, you, they want you to feel comfortable. Yeah, to like so, them and feel comfortable. Yeah. And they will make you feel comfortable. And so I just want to encourage those who actually have been hearing Jehovah's Witnesses and wondering maybe, hmm, are they really a like bad as you say they are. Well, their doctrine is is very harsh when you get into their doctrine because it's the doctrine of demons deception. Right, actually, it has no love in it. Yeah, the doctrine well, of demons and deception. That's excellent. Yeah. Well, and and very and true. all deception, all the just the word deception is that it sounds good enough to be true. Yeah. Sounds, right. It sounds very close good. enough to be true, but. You know, you just you can't just be almost saved. <laughs> you can't, yeah, you know, it's like you're saved or you're not saved, and you're not going to get yeah. to heaven by doing anything good. No, you, know? you can't. You're not good enough to get yourself there. That's for sure. I mean, no. none of us are. So I want to thank you, Brenda. Very, thank you. Very informative. Thank you very much. And uh, we're going to be doing one of our roundtables again real soon. Yay! To Phil. Yeah, I was talking to Phil yesterday, so. Uh, he wanted someone else to host it so he could be on, in on the round table. So maybe I'll do that. But You're uh, host it this time. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. So we'll do that again anyway. Thank you. And uh, hopefully I can post this up on YouTube too. All right. 
God bless you, Brenda. And everybody, please check out Brenda's radio program on Prophecy Zone. As the day approaches, she's got some great information on Islam and this whole situation. That's another show going on in the Middle East. So uh, we'll have her back. God bless you, Brenda. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Anyway, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, There was a lot of information today, so... Um, if you do have relatives that are Jehovah Witnesses or you have friends that are Jehovah Witnesses, it would be good to take this program and to uh, listen to it carefully, slowly, maybe take down some notes and get ahead of the, uh, get this literature that uh, Brenda was talking about from Ron Rhodes and from Ray France, both former Jehovah Witnesses themselves. We want to... Uh, let the if anyone is a Jehovah Witness and listens to this program, we want to let you know that we we love you with the love of the Lord, but Jesus Christ loves you more, and He is a Savior, a Redeemer, and a friend. He is God. He is the the Son of God. He died on a cross, was buried and resurrected, and He's sitting at the right hand of the Father, ever making intercession for us. And heaven is a real place. This earth is not our home, and we know it. God has put eternity in men's hearts. So give your life to Jesus Christ today. Ask him if he's real. Ask him to change your life. And he will. He will. He is a merciful God. He did it for me. He took my life that was a messed up, crazy life, and he made something beautiful out of it. And I'd never go back to my old life. Never. It's a wonderful life knowing Jesus Christ. So thank you all for tuning in. And uh, be blessed today. I'm going to a city that's set on a hill. Its ruler and maker is the Lord God above. Oh, I'm going to a city and it's set on a hill. I'll be in heaven and there'll be no sorrow there Oh, I'm going to a city, it lies four square The gates are made of jasper and I'll see Jesus there I'm going to a city and it's set on a hill And someday I'll be in heaven and there'll be no sorrow there